Section 5 of Omens and Superstitions of Southern India. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Siddharth. Omens and Superstitions of Southern India by Edgar Thurston. Chapter 2 Animals. Part 1 Mammals. There is a belief that the urine of a wild monkey, Langur, called Kondamucha, which it discharges in a thick stream, possesses the power of curing chromatic pains, if applied to the affected part with a mixture of garlic. Some of the poorer classes in the villages of Karnul obtain a sale even for stones on which this monkey has urinated, and hill people suffering from chronic fever sometimes drink its blood. I am informed by Mr. A. F. F. Martin that he has seen a mudubar on the Travancore Hills, much pulled down by fever seas, an expiring black monkey, Semnopithecus johane, and suck the blood from its jugular vein. Childless mudubar couples are dieted to make them fruitful. The principal diet for the man being plenty of black monkey. The flesh of the black monkey, Nilgiri Langur, is sold in the Nilgiri bazaars as a cure for whooping cough. When the Savara, hill tribe in Ganjam, children are seriously ill and emaciated, offerings are set by Mr. G. V. Ramamurti Pantalu to be made to monkeys, not in the belief that the illness is caused by them but because the sick child, in its wasted condition, has the attenuated figure of these animals. The offerings consist of rice and other articles of food, which are placed in baskets suspended from branches of trees in the jungle. Some years ago, a drinking fountain was erected at the Madras Museum, in which the water issued from the mouth of a lion. It entirely failed in its object as the native visitors would not use it, because the animal was represented in the act of vomiting. I am informed by Mr. C. Hayavadana Rao that the Beparis, who are traders and carriers between the hills and plains in the Vishakapatnam agency tracks, regard themselves as immune from the attacks of tiger if they take certain precautions most of them have to pass through the places infested with these beasts, and their favorite method of keeping them off is as follows. As soon as they encamp at a place, they level a square bit of ground and light fires in it, round which they pass the night. It is the firm belief that the tiger will not enter the square from fear lest it should become blind and eventually be shot. Mr. Haiwadana Rao was once travelling towards Malkangiri Fort from Jaipur when he fell in with a party of Peparis thus encamped. At the time, the villagers about Malkangiri were being ravaged by a notorious man-eater. In connection with man-eating tigers, Mr. S. M. Fraser narrates that in Mysore, a man-eater was said to have attacked parties bearing corpses to the burning ground. The acquisition, he writes, 
of such a curious taste may perhaps be explained by the following passage in a letter from the Amilda. It is a custom among the villagers here not to burn or bury the dead bodies of pregnant females but to expose them in the neighboring jungles to be eaten by vultures and wild beasts. The body is tied to a tree in a sitting posture and a pot of water is put close by. Not long ago some cowhead boys came across the dead body of a woman tied to a tree and noticed the footprints of a tiger around it, but the body was untouched. The boys cut the rope binding the body, which fell to the ground, and the next day the corpse was found eaten away by the tiger. The village of Hulikal, or Tiger Stone, on the Nilgiris is so called because in it a padaga once killed a notorious man-eater. The spot where the beast was buried is shown near the Pillayar Ganesha temple and is marked by three stones. It is said that there was formerly a stone image of the slain tiger thereabout. When a tiger enters the dwelling of a Sabara hill tribe in Kanjam and carries off an inmate, the village is said to be deserted and sacrifices are offered to some spirits by the inhabitants. It is noted by Mr. F. Fawcett that the Savaras have names for numerals up to twelve only. This is accounted for by a short story that long ago some Savaras were measuring grain in a field and when they had completed twelve measures a tiger pounced on them and devoured them so ever after they have not dared to have a numeral about twelve for fear of a tiger repeating that performance in the Vishakhapatnam district a ballad is sung by the Dasaris a mendicant caste about the goddess Yerakamma who is reputed to have been the child of Dasari parents and to who had the possession of second sight foretold by a Yerukula fortune teller. She eventually married and one day begged her husband not to go to his field as she was sure he would be killed by a tiger if he did. He went notwithstanding and was slain as she had foreseen. She killed herself by committing sati. Sati, a burning of the living widow. On the spot where her shrine still stands, the Muduvars are said by Mr. Martin to share with other jungle folk the belief that if any animal is killed by a tiger or leopard so as to lie north and south, it will not be eaten by the beast of prey, nor will it be revisited so that sitting over a kill which has fallen north and south in the hope of getting a shot at the returning tiger or leopard is a useless proceeding. The Billava Toddy drawers believe that if the spate of the palm tree is beaten with the bone of a buffalo which has been killed by a tiger, the yield of Toddy will, if the bone has not touched the ground, be greater than if an ordinary bone is used. 
I once received an application for half a pound of tiger's fat, presumably for medicinal purposes. The bones of tigers and leopards ground into powder and mixed with their fat gingerly sesame oil and a finely powdered blue stone make an ointment for the cure of syphilitic sores. The bones of a leopard or hyena ground into powder and made into a paste with ox gall and musk are said to be a useful ointment for application to rheumatic joints. The addition of the fat of tigers or leopards makes the ointment more effective. I am told that when on one occasion a European shot a tiger, the natives were so keen on securing some of the fat that the shikaris, hunters, came to him to decide as to the proper distribution among themselves and the camp servants. The leopard is looked upon as in some way sacred by the hillcons. They object to a dead leopard being carried through their villages, and oaths are taken on a leopard's skin. Writing in 1873, Dr. Francis Day states that at Kananor in Malabar, the Raja's cat appears to be exercising a deleterious influence on one branch, at least of the fishing, that for sharks it appears that in olden times one fish daily was taken from each boat as a prerequisite for the Raja's cat or the Pucha mean catfish collection. The cats apparently have not augmented so much as the fishing boats, so this has been converted into a money payment of two pies a day on each successful boat. In connection with cats, there is a tradition that a jogi, Telugu mendicant bridegroom, before tying the butt to marriage patch on his bride's neck, had to tie it by means of a string tied with turmeric round the neck of a female cat. People sometimes object to the catching of cats by jogis for food as the detachment of a single hair from the body of a cat is considered a heinous offense. To overcome the objection, the jogi says that he wants the animal for a marriage ceremony. On one occasion I saw a Madiga Telugu Paria carrying home a bag full of kittens, which he said he was going to eat. Some time ago, some prisoners who call themselves Pillaikavu's cat-eaters were confined in the Vishakapatnam jail. I am informed that these people are Mala Paidis, who eat cat flesh. The gun with which a wolf has been shot falls under some evil influence, and it is said not to shoot straight afterwards. Hence, some Shikaris hunters will not shoot a wolf. The hyena is believed to beat to death or strangle with its tail those whom it seizes. The head of a hyena is sometimes buried in a cattle sheds to prevent cattle disease. Its incisor teeth are tied round the loins of a woman in labor to lessen the pains. There is a belief that when a bear seizes a man, it tickles him to death. 
whereas as opposed owing to the multi-lobulated external appearance of the kidneys to gain an additional pair of these organs every year of their life. They are believed to collect ripe wood apples, Feronia elephantum, during the season and store them in a secure place in the forest. After a large quantity has been collected, they remove the trend and heap together all the pulp. They then bring honey and the petals of sweet-smelling flowers and put them on the heap of pulp, thrash them with their feet and sticks in their hands, and when the whole has become a consistent mass, feast on it. The Vedans, hunters, watch them when so engaged, drive them off, and rob them of their feast, which they carry off and sell as karadi panjamradam, or pear delicacy made of five ingredients. The ordinary ingredients of panjamradam are slices of plantain, banana, fruits, jaggery, crude sugar or sugar, coconut scrappings, ghee, clarified butter, honey, and cardamom seeds. It is believed that the flesh or blood of some animals which have certain organs largely developed will cure disease of corresponding organs in the human subject. Thus the flesh of jackal, which is credited with the possession of very powerful lungs, is said to be the remedy for asthma. By the jungle pallions of the Palni Hills, the following device is adopted to protect themselves from the attacks of wild animals, the leopard in particular. Four jackals' tails are planted in four different spots, chosen so as to include the area in which they wish to be safe from the brute. Even if a leopard entered the magic square, it could do the pallions no harm as its mouth is locked. There is a belief that the urine of wild dogs, Sion Dokunesis, is extremely acid, and that they sprinkle with it the bushes through which they drive their prey, deer and wild pigs, and they rush upon the latter when blinded by the pungent fluid, according to another version. They jerk the urine into victims' eyes with their tails, the Koyis of the Godavari district are said by the Reverend J. Kane to hold in reverence the Pandava brothers Arjuna and Bhima and claim descent from the latter by his marriage with a wild woman of the woods. The wild dogs or tolls are regarded as the Tutas or messengers of the brothers and they would on no account kill a dhol even though it should attack their favorite calf. They regard it as impudent to interfere with these tutas when they wished to feast upon the cattle. The long black beetles which appear in large numbers at the beginning of the hot weather are called by the Koyis the Pandava flock of goats. At a sale of cattle, the vendor sometimes takes a small quantity of straw in his hand and, putting some cow dung on it, presents it to the purchaser. The fire products of the cow, known as panchakapyam, milk, curds, butter, urine, and feces, 
are taken by Hindus to remove pollution from confinement. A voyage across the seas and other causes. It is on record that the Tanjore Nayakar, having betrayed Madura and suffered for it, was told by his Brahmin advisers that he had better be born again. So a colossal cow was cast in bronze and the Nayakar shut up inside. The wife of his Brahmin guru, religious preceptor, received him in her arms, rocked him on her knees, and caressed him on her breast. When he tried to cry like a baby, it is recorded by Fraser that when a Hindu child's horoscope portends misfortune or crime, he is born again from a cow thus, being dressed in a scarlet and tied on a new sieve. He is passed between the hind legs of a cow, forward through the forelegs and again in the reverse direction to simulate birth. The ordinary birth ceremonies are then gone through and the father smells his son as a cow smells her calf. Tradition turns to the effect that at the time of her separation of Rameswaram Island from the mainland, the cows become prisoners thereon, not being able, like the cows of Cape Cod, which are fed on herrings, heads, to adapt themselves to a fish diet, they become gradually converted into diminutive metamorphosed cows, which may still be seen grazing on the shore. The legend is based on the fancied resemblance of the horned coffer fishes, Ostracion cornutus, which are frequently caught by the fishermen to cattle. Portions of the skulls of cats and dogs, which are sometimes picked up on the beach, also bear a rude resemblance to the skull of a cow, the horns being represented by the psychoma. A story is told at Cochin that a beautiful blue and white tiles from Canton, which adorn the floor at the synagogue of the white Jews, were originally intended for the Darbar Hall of a former Raja of Kachin, but a wily Jew declared that the bullock's blood must have been used in the preparation of the glaze and offered to take them off the hands of the Raja, who was only too glad to get rid of him. The afterbirths placentae of cattle are tied to a tree which yields a milky juice in the belief that the cow will thereby give a better yield of milk. There is a custom among the Tellis Oriya oil pressers that if a cow dies with a rope round its neck or on the spot where it is teethered, the family is under pollution until purification has been effected by means of a pilgrimage or by bathing in a sacred river. The Holodia section of the Tellis will not rear male calves and do not castrate their bulls. Male calves are disposed of by sale as speedily as possible. If the jungle pallions of Tinnivedi come across the carcass of a cow or buffalo near a stream, they will not go near it for a long time. They absolutely refuse to touch leather 
and one of them declined to carry my camera box because he detected that it had a leather strap. The Pakudas of South Canada will not carry a bedstead unless the legs are first taken off and it is said that this objection rests upon the supposed resemblance between the four-legged coat and the four-legged ox. In like manner, the Koragas have a curious prejudice against carrying any four-legged animal, dead or alive. This extends to anything with four legs, a chair, table, etc., which they cannot be prevailed on to lift unless one leg is removed. As they work as coolies, this is sometimes to cause inconvenience. Among the Simbali Gudag, Gadapas of Vishakapatnam, there is a belief that a piece of wild buffalo horn buried in the ground of the village will avert or cure cattle disease. The jungle Kadirs believe that their gods occasionally reside in the body of a bison, Bos Kaurus, and have been known to worship a bull shot by a sportsman. The goddess Ganga Devi is worshipped by the Kivutos fishing cast of Ganjam at the Dasra festival and goats are sacrificed in her honor. In the neighborhood of the Chilka Lake, the goats are not sacrificed but set at liberty and allowed to graze on the Kalika Devi hill. There is a belief that animals thus dedicated to the goddess do not purify when they die, but dry up. The Thayans, toddy drawers of Malabar, carry tucked into their waistcloth a bone loaded with lead at both ends, which is used for tapping the flower stalk of the palm tree to bring, to bring out the juice. A man once refused to sell one of these bones to Mr. F. Fawcett at any price as it was the femur of a sambar, servus unicolor, which possessed such virtue that it would fetch Jews out of any tree. This horn, ground into fine paste, is said to be an excellent balm for pains and swellings. It is sometimes made into a powder, which is mixed with milk or honey, and produces a portion which is supposed to aid the growth of stunted women. Hayanadi Shikari, hunter, has been known when skinning a black buck antelope shot by a European to cut out the testicles and wrap them up in his loincloth to be subsequently taken as an aphrodisiac. Antelope horn, when powdered and burnt, is said to drive away mosquitoes and keep scorpions away. A paste made with antelope horn is used as an external application for sore throat. Antelope and chinkara Indian gazelle horns, if kept in grain baskets, are said to prevent weevils from attacking the grain. The garabas of Vishakapatnam will not touch a horse, as they are palanquin bearers, and have the same objection to the rival animal that a cab driver has to a motor car. In South Canada, none but the lowest barrier will rub a horse down. If a Malay Velala of Coimbatore touches one of these animals, he has to perform a religious ceremonial for the purpose of purification. 
the members of the elephant sept of Theoria Hadith, when they see the footprints of an element, take some of the dust from the spot and make a mark on the forehead with it. They also draw the figure of an elephant and worship it when they perform srarth and other ceremonies while elephants are said to be held in veneration by the jungle kadris, whereas tame ones are believed to have lost the divine element. When cholera breaks out in Khant village, all males and females smear their bodies from head to foot with pig's fat liquefied by heat and continue to do so until a few days after the disappearance of the dread disease. During this time they do not bathe, lest the smell of the fat should be washed away. Some women drop the blood of the small garden bat, which has well developed ears, into the artificially dilated lobes of their ears, so as to strengthen them. The wings of the bats are highly prized as hair wash. They are crushed and mixed with coconut oil and other ingredients. The mixture is kept underground in a closed vessel for three months and then used to prevent the hair from falling out or turning grey. The Padians of Malabar are said to eat land crabs for a similar purpose. The commonly striped or palm squirrel, Scirius palmarum, was according to a legend employed by Rama to assist the army of monkeys in the construction of the bridge to connect Rameshwaram Island with Ceylon, whither Ravana had carried off his wife Sita. The squirrel helped the monkeys by rolling in the sand on the shore so as to collect it in its hairy coat and then depositing it between the piled up stones so as to cement them together. Seeing it fatigued by its labors, Rama sympathetically stroked its back with the three middle fingers of his right hand, marks of which still persist in the squirrels at the present day. There is a further legend that once upon a time one of the gods having compassion on the tardy drawers because their life was a hard one and because they were constantly exposed to danger, left at the foot of a palmyra tree some charmed water, the value of which was that it saved from injury anyone falling from a height. Antaridor, however, got drunk and forgetting to drink the elixir went home. When he returned he found that a squirrel had drunk it and worked vengeance on it. And that is why every Antaridor will always kill a squirrel and also why a squirrel from whatever height it may fall comes to no harm. In a note on the parrier cast in Travancore, Mr. Reverend S. Montier narrates a legend that these Shanans, Tamil Toritors, are descended from Adi, the daughter of a Paria woman at Karuvur, who taught them to climb the palm tree and prepared a medicine which could protect them from falling from the high trees. The squirrels also ate some of it and enjoy a similar immunity. There is a Tamil proverb that if you desire to climb trees, you must be a Shalan. The story was told by Bishop Caldwell of a Shalan who was sitting upon a leaf stalk at the top of a palmyra palm in a high wind. When the stalk gave way and he came down to the ground quite safely sitting on the leaf, 
sitting on the leaf, which served the purpose of a natural parachute, woodpeckers are called Shanara Kurivi by bird catchers because they climb trees like shamans. There is a legend that before the Kali Yuga began, the Pandavas lived on the Nilgiris, a kind of edible truffle, Mylitta lapidescens is known as little man spread on these hills. The Badaga legendary name for it is Pandva Unni Puthi or Draft Bundle of Food that is food of the drafts who is supposed to have built the Pandu Kulis or Kistavans being so small they called in the back they called in the black naped hair Lepus Negricolus to plough their fields. The black patches on their necks are the inherited mark of the yoke. The blood of the hair is administered to children suffering from cough. Brahmins use a porcupine quill for parting their wives' hair in a ceremony connected with the period of gestation known as Simantham. It is said that among the Namuzi Brahmins, the quill should have three white marks on it. The quills of porcupines are sold by yogis, Telugu mendicants, to goldsmiths for use as brushes. There is a tradition among the fishing folk of Rameshwaram Island that the box of money was once found in the stomach of a dugong, Halicot dugong and an official is consequently invited to be present at the examination of the stomach contents so that the possessors of the carcass may not be punished under the Treasure Trove Act for concealing treasure. The fat of the dugong is believed to be efficacious in the treatment of dysentery and is administered in the form of sweetmeats or used instead of ghee, clarified butter in the preparation of food. And of section 5.